This is the king of old school, Steve Carino. And when I want to listen to a great wrestling podcast, well, I'll listen to my own. But if I really want to listen to a great wrestling podcast, I listen to ROH Cast right here on ROHworld.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 17 of ROH Cast. My name's Harry. I'm the web designer and co owner of ROHworld.com. Once again, I'm here with Stephen, the other co owner and the editor of the website. Hi, everyone. And the Funkasaurus, John. How's it going? Uh, this week, we're back to our usual format after we did uh, a few special shows like the interview with Carino, etc. Um, we're going to review the latest TV show, discuss the latest Ring of Honor news, then we'll um, discuss some topics you've sent in, and finally, we'll discuss the spoilers from the Baltimore TV tapings. And uh, these will <laughs> be at the end with a very good warning to make sure you don't hear the spoilers if you uh, don't want to. Uh, first, we're going to talk about the latest TV show. Uh, the, the show began with TJP taking on Jay Lethal in a Proving Ground match for the TV title. Uh, if TJP was able to beat Lethal or survive 15 minutes, I think it was, um, he would get TV title shot. Um, unfortunately, Lethal got the win with the Lethal Injection. Um, I'll leave it up to you to decide which, which, variant? We don't which know. <laughs> variant of the Lethal Injection that was. According to Kevin Kelly, there's about five. Um, but I thought this match was, was fantastic. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this one. It just credit to uh, both Lethal and TJP just shows how great they are because you know it was fast paced, it wasn't too long, it wasn't too short, I just thought it was a really good match and I'm really glad they showed this on the uh, you know the first sort of new show of 2012 Yeah I like this match a lot I like the promos they both did beforehand it really you know made the match seem really important that how big the TV title is to both of these wrestlers and you know they gave it all in the ring as they always do mm. and it made for a really enjoyable match and I hope these two, you know, get to wrestle again a few more times throughout 2012 and the rest of their, you know, Ring of Honor careers because this was a really good match. And if given more time, and like, I think it could be even better. But for what, but for the amount of time they were given and for, for like what it's supposed to be, I thought it was just amazing. Mm. For people who might not have seen the actual episode yet, it was the the actual footage is from. Um, the Southern Carolina show, is it Southern Defiance? Southern Defiance, yeah. Yeah, the the whole road rage concept where they've, because they had such a gap between the TV tapings, they've, they've used some footage from um, the two Carolina shows. I understand the Northern Aggression, um, some of the matches from that show will be on next week, um, before the week after the actual Baltimore TV taping sort of kick in. But um, yeah, as John said, the I thought the match was... It's about as good a match you'll see on, on TV, to be honest. Um, you know, for about 10 minutes, it was perfectly paced. It was had lots of action in. And um, I, I, I like the way it sort of it helped put TJP over to, what, you know, to the, the TV crowd because he's not really had any you know, decent matches yet on the TV show. So I think he's had a couple of squash matches against Mike Mundo and somebody else. But I think... Um, not a real like competitive match like this. Yeah, was. and I, th- I think this really helped, you know, show how good he is because I know Lethal's a big deal, and obviously a lot of people recognise him. So I think it was good to have TJP go, you know, go so close against him as well because they, were, you know, up until the end, it was really sort of um, neck and neck on, you know, sort of who was going to win. So I like that aspect because I think TJP maybe has been a bit shortchanged since he came in, and mm. he's not really been, you know, given the chance to really shine, and has been sort of putting people over when really I think he should be, you know, getting wins of him his own really. Um yeah. yeah, another great match for the T V title. I think the T V title is sort of gaining prestige each and every week really, sort of uh, you know, how good good a matches they are putting on with it. So um mm. yeah, I enjoyed uh, you know, the promos beforehand were, were good. Uh you know, that they sort of as John uh, John said, they sort of put over the importance of uh, the the T V title. So yeah, all in all I thought it was, you know, probably one of the better matches that's been on the the TV show since it uh, since it began. Yeah, it was definitely one of my favourites of the you know the TV show so far. And uh, another thing to add, because uh, when this was filmed, Nigel McGuinness was on his retirement tour in England. Um, Jim Cornette stepped in on commentary instead. Uh, what did you think of you know Cornette on commentary? I thought he was really good. Yeah, I thought Cornette was brilliant as well because th- he's just he's he's he just brings a bit more. I think. Maybe he's just like little insights he brings up and little mm. like bits of history about certain wrestlers or like just just like those little bits that they might not seem like major, but when that it just adds to the you know to the whole experience of and the match really. So um, yeah, I'd like to see him do it in the future. I mean, I think Kevin Kelly and uh, Nigel have 
have done really well since uh, you know the TV shows began. But yeah, I'd really like to see Cornet. Maybe he could do like a pay per view. I know we discussed before with um, Dave Praise that maybe they could do like a three man announced team for i pay per views because as I said, you know, I like the insight Cornet brings and. He's always entertaining as well, so I think that'd be uh, yeah really good to try and get him on somehow. Anyway, mm. uh, the next match, well, it wasn't really match. We sh- we saw the last couple of minutes, maybe two or three minutes of uh, Adam Cole versus Mike Bennett, which also took place at um, Southern Defiance. Um, I actually really enjoyed what they showed. The brief sort of snippet we got, and dear, uh, it's a bit of shame really because I don't re- remember if Adam Cole's featured much on the TV show, and uh, it's a bit of a shame really, but. Uh, Mike Bennett got the win with the box office smash, and uh, you know I liked what they showed here. It's still getting Bennett over a little bit. Um, unfortunately, Brutal Bob wasn't at ringside. Um, a bit strange there. Perhaps he was busy with Maria backstage. But you know, what, 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 what did you think of the little sort of snippet we got of that match? I thought it was quite clever because I mean I know a lot of people um, you know don't like Bennett, and although he has improved a lot in the ring over the past uh, sort of yeah, I think just showing this sort of highlight package it really sort of papered over his weaknesses and just showed, you know, as you said, like the last couple of minutes, which was, you know, really fast pace and just um, lots of loads of moves everywhere and some really impressive moves from Cole as well and sort of put over how sort of um, resilient Bennett is as well. And Mm. um, yeah, I'd quite like to see the whole match, but I think it was quite clever to sort of pick that match as, you know, the little sort of um, highlight um, match to show because, as you say, you know, it keeps... Bennett in the, the spotlight, he puts him over a bit more, and um, yeah, it, it was he looked pretty good from uh, what we saw. Mm. Yeah, I would like the Ring of Honor to kind of start doing this on the regular TV show as well, like because this was whole the whole thing was like the Road Rage episode, like where they you know film stuff that wouldn't otherwise be on TV for you know the show. Yeah, and I would I would like to instead of like the Inside ROH or what or whatever they do each week, I'd like to see them do something like they did with the Bennett and Call match, show the last you know two to three minutes. Mm, other than that, like somebody, of somebody they're kind of wanting to build up, you know, kind of builds the importance of the house shows and you know, it kind of might help sell the DVDs a little bit too. But I, I you know, I, I like the idea of what they did here and I would like to see it, you know, utilized more going forward as well. Would you like to see, you know, this whole road rage thing uh, return, you know, where a whole show is based, you know, entirely of um, footage from, you know, a live event? I, yeah, I, I mean, think I would. That's good enough. Why not? Mm. Mm, and the crowds, are, in my opinion, always seem better at a live event rather than a TV tape and I don't know why that is but for us to get a bit burnt out I'm guessing TV tapings are quite long because they record so many weeks yeah and sort of the live events are I think a bit more special I mean I don't know why that is but they just seem that way and Mm. the crowd always seem um, you know the the atmosphere always seems better at a live events so yeah I'd quite like to see this but I suppose the only thing is that if if they're going to do it on a regular basis obviously DVD sales will probably Sort of um, go down a bit because if people are going to see, you know, two, three matches of a card on on TV, are they going to go out and buy the DVD? I mean, that's, that's true. Yeah, that's dubious whether they will or not. I mean, obviously they're not they're not going to show the main event or anything like that. But even with um, you know, the three matches they did show, that's that's three of probably seven matches that they've shown to half a card you've already <clears throat> seen before you've actually bought the DVD. So mm, that's true. I think I think they did this basically because they had no other way of sort of getting fresh content on the TV show without having to I mean they'd have had to set, put four weeks of just highlights on and I think I think two weeks lot, was enough <laughs> yeah two weeks was enough so I think you know four weeks would have been just it would have killed the, the momentum completely so mm. I think they you know they didn't really have much choice to to do this but I, I think it, it was a pretty well. good decision yeah uh, we then got to the main event of the night, which was another proving ground match. Uh, this time for the tag titles, it was <laughs> Benjamin, who aren't the tag champs anymore, but they were when they filmed this. Um, I probably think the commentary team should have explained this, perhaps, or something, because it probably might be a bit confusing to new fans as to why they still had the belts and you know um, why they are in a proving ground match. Um, it was them versus the House of Truth, Elgin and Strong. Um, I thought this was actually a really good, like surprisingly good um, tag match. I wasn't expecting much from it, you know. Um, Wrestling's great tag team have been a bit disappointing, you know, ever since they won the belt. But I, re- I quite enjoyed this main event, and I'm glad they showed it because it, perhaps it will uh, remove some of the sort of negativity towards Wrestling's great tag team. Well, maybe maybe not now because they're heel, but it would have before anyway. But what, what did you think of this main event? Yeah, similar to what you said. I, I was coming into this one, I, I didn't really have that you know, high expectations for it, especially with it being a proving ground match. 
you know, they usually sort of cheapen out and, and then matches a bit. But as you say, I was, you know, I was really surprised at how good it was. I, you mm. know, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, was, uh, you know, really good. Um, I think that, you know, that this, this show has probably been one of the better ones since the TV show began. I mean, you've had two yeah. matches that were just really, really good. And, and good highlights as well, <laughs> the third match. Yeah, exactly. There was no real um, sort of dead time on the show where, you know, even, as you say, you had the highlights and even between the, the matches, there wasn't any time to sort of, uh, you know, turn, sort of um, focus away from it, which was which was good. But, yeah, I mean, the main event, um, I was really impressed with the uh, the House Truth, actually. I thought Algin and Strong really worked well together. Mm. Um, I know they've, they've started putting them together as a tag team more often. I wouldn't be completely against them you know, being a team permanently, to be honest. I know Strong is sort of featured in the, the main event scene and I know it's a bit weak there, so I doubt they'll do it permanently. But, you know, sort of semi-full-time like semi full time where they're sort of doing it now and again. And, um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd definitely be uh, be behind that because they, I think they sort of complement each other well. Sort of Strong's a cocky heel and he can just sort of, um, you know, when he's in trouble, he can just tag Algin in and Algin's this big, you know, powerhouse that can just sort of take the 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 um sort of uh brute the force from the other team and out and strong can just come in and pick up the leftovers really um mm. and yeah that's just great tag team put on a a good show and probably what was the best i think one of the best matches i've had as tag champions which is which is strange considering it wasn't even a tag title match <laughs> um, uh yeah i mean and you look at um I suppose it it will confuse some people watching it. Obviously, with wrestling great setting coming out with the belts, and as you say, maybe they should have made some reference to it. But I suppose because the commentary is actually, you know, recorded there on the night. Obviously, they would have probably known that they were going to drop the belts. But I suppose mm. they couldn't reference to it with with them being so close to the crowd if they said it. Then <laughs> people might have sort of gone, hmm, "Hang on." Yeah, so that's true. I suppose it, it was <clears throat> it was difficult for them, but. Because it, you know, they made it clear that it was before final battle, and it was a while ago that I think people would sort of just be, you know, okay by it. And I suppose that the people that they they want to focus on the TV show and people that they want, you know, to care about Ring of Honor, the ones that care are probably even well, they should know, you know, that the results from final battle, or hopefully even bought final battle. So the people who didn't buy final battle, you know, sort of screw them anyway, to be honest, <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> Well, that uh, I think that wraps up the discussion of the TV show quite brief this week, but uh, you know, because probably because it was just sort of matters, there wasn't really any story to discuss. But overall, I did re- you know really enjoy this sort of um, road rage concept. I'd like to see them do it again. I believe um, next week they're showing footage from Northern Aggression, which I think is the um, eight-man uh, all-star tag team elimination match, the longest match in Ring of Honor history. I think eighty minutes. Yeah, they um, did. So they're gonna have to cut about yeah. half an hour out of that. I don't think they're going to show even half it. I think they said they were going to show highlights from it. So I don't know if okay. it will be like like in the middle of two matches maybe or that might be the first match and they'll show like 10, 15 minutes of it because mm. I know that they, they did say that they were going to show bits of it on the TV show. And ah. I'm not sure if there was another um, Proving Ground match at Northern Aggression. I'm not 100% sure because I think they're the ones that they're sort of aiming for to put on the TV show. Yeah, the Proving Ground matches, yeah. Yeah, but Adam Cole had a Proving Ground match, so I'm not 100% sure, but... So they yeah, but I suppose... That as well. I don't know if yeah, they'd want, yeah, want just, Lethal on again. I don't know if they'd want to do that. But he is, you know, he's a big name, so... Um, yeah, oh, and then you look at the rest of the card... Good, so... Um, hmm. You look at maybe Young Bucks and Alexander and Coleman, maybe, maybe that match. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to wait and tune in next week, really, and uh, I'm sure we'll discuss it on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, any more, you know, thoughts to share on this week's show before we move on? No, I think it was just nice to sort of get back to sort of fresh matches, and uh, you know, cool. after, the, after the couple of weeks um, break, yeah, a couple of weeks break, it was just nice to sort of get back into it, and um, yeah, it was it was a great that, show. So hopefully, yeah, yeah, hopefully next week they can sort of just continue that and um, then get back to the, the TV tapings. Yeah, which we'll be uh, discussing at the end uh, all the latest uh, results from that show. Uh, we're now going to move on to uh, the latest news from the past week, which you can always find at rhworld.com.
And uh, our new newsman, John, has all the news from the past week. I think he's going to give us a quick rundown of the latest news, and uh, me and Stephen will chip in with our thoughts as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the first bit of news is that the uh, Fan Awards have been announced, and we would like to thank everybody who participated in the Fan Awards. And uh, I'm just going to quickly go through the results, just to, uh, I guess, tell you, just to see who who's the winners are. And uh, the ROHworld.com 2011 Fan Awards, the Wrestler of the Year is uh, Eddie Edwards. Uh, the Tag Team of the Year is the Briscoes. The uh, Breakout Star of the Year is Michael Elgin. Most Improved of the Year are the All Night Express. The Feud of the Year is the All Night Express versus the Briscoes. Show of the Year is Best in the World, 2011. Match of the Year is Richards versus Edwards 2 from Best in the World. And uh, Moment of the Year is Kevin Steen at Best in the World. So I think they're pretty similar to the uh, awards we had the uh, yeah, I think there's only two that they sort of were different. I think that was moment. I think it was the feud and yeah, feud in the moment. Yeah, the only two that are different. When I was sort of counting up all the the votes, I think more or less every single moment of the uh, candidate involved Kevin Steen in some way. It was either <laughs> his his return happen. at Best in the World or his post match um, promo at final battle or his match against Korean at final battle. So I think that tells you everything you need to know about how. Um, how good Steen is and how much momentum he has behind him at the moment. Mm. Well, there have been quite a few matches announced for the uh, Ring of Honor Homecoming in Philadelphia on January 20th. Um, one of the one of the biggest matches is uh, Chris Hero versus Michael Elgin. Uh, do you all have any thoughts on that or do you want me to run through the whole, all the amount matches? I think that's that quite a big match. We should probably uh, share some thoughts on that. Steven? Yeah, I, I, I had... When I was thinking of sort of who Hero would go against, because I think they announced last was it last week or the week before that Hero. Yeah, was last week. Yeah. Show. And um, I was thinking maybe Champa or Alvin, just someone who, um, you know, he could have a decent match with and sort of put over because obviously he's not going to be in. Well, we think he's not going to be in Ring of Honor for very long now. So his main purpose really should just be, you know, to put over some of the the younger guys. Really, um, I think Alvin will. Um, you know, there's no reason why that shouldn't be a great match because Elgin is, in my opinion, probably one of my favourites to watch at the moment. He's just been so good recently, and uh, I'm glad Hero's getting another match as well because I think his match with Final Battle against Strong was he just didn't seem to click, and it'd be nice for him to have such you know a really good great um, sort of last match that people can sort of remember. I mean, I'm not sure if this will be his last one or he might have another one after that, maybe at the um, 10th anniversary pay-per-view I'm not sure but um, yeah I mean I think they should just basically use Hero now just to put over people um, you know while they can and I think uh, you know a victory over Chris Hero is something that uh, that uh, Algin or maybe someone like Champa could really use and sort of you know if they're beating Chris Hero as uh, you know one half of the longest reigning tag champions of all time then you know that's something that really they can sort of get behind and use to um, sort of get themselves over The John? next match, the next match has been announced is Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team versus Future Shock. They had the match at uh, at Gateway of Honor back in November, if I'm not mistaken, which was said to be a really good match. So, shouldn't really expect anything different this time around. I think uh, last week on the podcast, or you know, maybe it was our final battle show. Um, I think John, you said that Future Shock and Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team should go on to feud. So, uh, obviously, listening to you there. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think. Sorry, I'll say in theory, I think that would really work because obviously you've got sort of the up and comers, and I think wrestling's great team are going to sort of turn into a team where then now they're just like they're they're going to treat themselves like as legends, and that mm. why should they bother wrestling these teams? You know, they've done it all, they've been around the world, made loads of money, and now you know why should they wrestle these two guys that they've never heard of? Or you know that sort of cocky heel sort of person that I think. You know, I think obviously fans for some reason just don't seem to like them, as we saw at Final Battle. So, <laughs> you know, Ring of Honor will just, you know, just try and capitalize on that and just make them characters that people want to hate. So, you know, rather than having people boo them when they should be cheered, you know, if people are going to boo them anyway, just make them heal, make them, make people hate them anyway, and uh, sort of just try and capitalize on that, that um, sort of negativity towards them. Mm. And the next. Well, Go ahead. I was, going to, I was going to say about Future Shock. I mean, they've been announcing this for this match against uh, Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team. 
But um, Kyle O'Reilly's also got a couple of tag matches with Davy Richards. Um, actually, this discussion will go in the spoiler section, actually. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the next match was the one that's been getting a lot of intrigue from people. is the is the Proving Ground match for the tag team titles with the Briscoes versus a team from Chikara. And it's been announced that the team from Chikara is uh, Hollow Wicked and Jigsaw. These two don't regularly tag team in Chikara. They've been in tag matches together in the past. And they both have had runs in Ring of Honor. I think both of them most recently in 2008 is when they both wrapped up their most recent runs in Ring of Honor. And I, you know, I'm excited for this. I've I've seen a lot of people get down on this once they realize it's not a regular tag team, but, you know, both Hollow Wicked and Jigsaw are really good wrestlers, and I think this should make for a great, great match. Hmm. I mean, I don't know too much about them or or Shikara really, but uh, from the article I've read on the RH website, I like the way they're sort of getting over that the Briscoes have been in RH since day one, and. Um, the two guys they're going to face, they've you know they've been in Chikara since day one. So I know that they're not you know regular tag team, but you know all four guys have been in their respective companies since day one. So I think that's something that they really need to sort of get behind. And that's sort of the thing that they can push for that match. Mm. Uh, another match for the homecoming is Roderick Strong versus Eddie Edwards in a no holds barred match. <laughs> Shows our. Uh... Well, I'm sure that'll be a fantastic match, but it just feels like we get a lot of, you know, Davey, Eddie, and Roddy just sort of combinations just swapping out each other. It just, I don't know. Yeah. Any more positive comments? <laughs> I, I'm sure it will be a great match. I mean, their match at um, Death Before Dishonor, the Ringmaster Challenge, was yeah. was great. And their match at Manhattan Mayhem 4, where Edwards won the bat, was great as well. And they're both great wrestlers, but... They just need something fresh. They need something, you know, something different. Because, as you say, we we've seen Edwards and Strong. We've seen Strong and Richard. We've seen Richard and Edwards. We've seen them matches so many times now that there needs to be a break. And because we know they're going to be great matches every time. But once you've had two great matches, as we know, the third match is just no matter how good it is, it's going to be a letdown because people would just expect the third one to be better. And when the first two have been great, there's just no way you can do that. So. Mm. I think they just, you know, just try and push more people into the main event. I'm not sure how they're going to do that, or brings just bring some guys in for like one shots where, like they have done with the Shikara guys. Just, I mean, I know Kerry Silkin put on his Facebook that it's going to be a start of a good relationship with Shikara. So it looks like it's going to be sort of a semi-permanent thing where they'll probably send, you know, maybe one or two guys in per per show, and you know, send some. I don't really know that much about Shikara, but send like a Mike Quackenbush or a uh, yeah, Eddie Kingston, or you know, bring someone in to face Eddie or or Roddy, just you know, just to freshen it up a bit and mm. give give everyone a break from sort of the same old matches because I think that's the only neg- negative thing really that you can say about um, Ring of Honor, sort of the end of 2011 coming to 2012, is that you know they're they're running out of sort of um, main events. You know, yeah, and even sort of down to the towards the bottom of the card, they're they're running out of sort of new matches. I mean. You know, every every match that's announced just seems to be a rematch or a match that we've seen two or three months ago. And mm. I think what they need to do is just, you know, bring a couple of guys in maybe, you know, every event just to sort of give everyone a break from seeing the same matches. And that that will benefit when they do get the, you know, the rematch in three months time because they, they won't remember the last one as much. And, um, you know, they'll be more excited to see this one when they haven't seen it like four times in the last month or whatever. <laughs> All right, and the uh, final match announced for home for the uh, Ring of Honor Homecoming is Kevin Steen in his first match back in a uh, Ring of Honor ring as a Ring of Honor member. It's facing off against Kenny King. Uh, this should be a really good match. Kenny King's a really good wrestler, and mm. Steen is you know amazing as we've seen. So I'm excited for this. Yeah, it should be fantastic. Looking forward to seeing that. Mm, it's it's quite a strange one because yeah, I was thinking that. I mean, I've. I'm expecting it to be really good. I mean, I've you know from what I've seen as Kenny King as a singles wrestler, you know I think he's just as good a singles wrestler as he's a, a you know in a tag team. I think eventually he'll he'll sort of when you know ANX sort of break away. I think he's got a great chance of really solidifying up finding himself as at the top of the card as a singles wrestler. So yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that match. I wasn't really expecting that one to be honest at all. It's not the sort of I don't know. It wasn't the sort of match that was really coming to my head for for a Steen match, but 
that should really um yeah that should really uh be good because obviously king has sort of wrestled the briscoes most of 2011 and they're as good a brawlers as anyone so if he can sort of brawl well with the the briscoes he should do really well with uh with sting uh we've had a couple of ma- matches announced for the uh Norfolk, Virginia show the next day, January 21st. Uh, the first one is Mike Bennett versus Eddie Edwards. Um, isn't that a survival of the fittest rematch as well, I think? Yes, it is. They, they had a opening round match at survival of the fittest where Eddie Edwards won to go on to the tournament final. Mm. I'm pretty sure Edwards will get the win here. I mean, I didn't see the match at survival of the fittest, so I don't know if they gelled well or if it was a good match, so... I'm not too sure what I can comment on that really. Anything there, Stephen? Um, no, I'm not. I'm not 100% sure really. I mean, I don't know if um, you know Bennett will somehow get the win, some sort of like I don't know, some sort of distraction or something. But I mean, because Bennett just doesn't really seem to be winning many matches recently, and I think you know, I think he just needs to be getting some wins. And m- maybe if you know Edwards does win and they put on a really good match, I mean, I think that'll do. That would be well for Benny as well, just to get a few good matches under his belt. Like we said, I think they've sort of held off on sort of giving him a bit, a bit more of a push, just to see if he can have, you know, consistently good matches. So, mm. um, yeah, hopefully that'll be, you know, that'll be quite a good one. But as I just said, it most matches that they announce now just seem to be rematches from some show a couple of months ago. So, hopefully, sort of an influx of new talent can sort of uh, prevent that from happening. Yeah, definitely. And the other match announced for the Norfolk, Norfolk show is uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus Jay Lethal in a proving ground match for the mm. TV title. And uh, do y'all see uh, Ciampa's winning streak coming to an end, or do you see him becoming a challenger for Lethal's title? That's a good. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about the streak. I, I uh, can't see it ending up. No. There's going to be some sort of. There'll be some sort of like, embassy interference and you'll. Yeah, you know, I, I can honestly see a time limit draw because I can't see Lethal losing. Oh my but God. I can see it getting towards the end and maybe Nana will like distract the referee and it'll just go to the time limit. I know we all hate the time limit draw, but I can't really see any other reason how they're going to get around it because I can't see Champa losing, especially in a proving ground match. You won't lose the streak, you know, at a house show. And yeah, uh, on improving ground match. match, yeah. And I don't think it would do anything for Lethal to lose to Champa. So the only the only other thing you can think of is, you know, a, a draw. So, oh and dear. I, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the the latest video why, but it was quite interesting, especially the the Embassy promo. I don't know if what you guys thought, but it, I can honestly see about, um, R.D. Evans and Champa breaking away from the Embassy quite soon because. Uh, the embassy basically have announced that they've got a new investor because from what they've said in the on RH website that Nana basically keeps wasting all the money on like expensive trips to the places and um, <laughs> Evans has sort of brought in <laughs> brought in a new investor and it seems like Evans was quite sort of aggressive towards Nana in in the video wire so I can mm. honestly see Evans and maybe Champa sort of breaking away and then Nana maybe bringing someone back maybe. Maybe that'd be like bringing Jimmy Ray back. I don't know. That that'd be quite interesting. Do, do we know who the new investor is? No, they've not named them. Do, no. do you think it'll be just randomly announced on the website or Twitter, and it'll just be Dan Seven? Maybe Prince Nana were like, "How could you, R.D. Evans? You all yet to say you wanted to invest with Bob Evans, and I'd have, I'd have okayed it." But <laughs> Hope, yeah, hopefully we don't see a repeat of the uh, Davy Eddie Dan no. Seven storyline. But uh, yeah, moving on. Uh, there's Ring of Honor has been announced in quite a few new TV markets. Uh, in a press release, they said that they are uh, currently in 25% of U.S. households, and uh, with the announcement of uh, all these new stations, it's gonna that percentage is gonna increase probably a good bit. Uh, Ring of Honor is gonna is gonna start airing in the following cities: um, Salt Lake City, Utah, beginning January 7th, and those were air on Saturday nights. Austin, Texas, beginning January 7th, they'll air on Saturday nights. And West Palm Beach, Florida, on January 7th, which will air Saturday nights. Medford, Oregon, starting January 16th on Saturday nights. Grand Rapids, Michigan, starting March the 3rd on Saturday nights. And Lansing, Michigan, starting March, or on one station, will start March the 3rd on Saturday nights. And the other will start March the 2nd on Friday nights. 
And in a Ring of Honor World exclusive, we have uh, that Ring of Honor is going to start airing on the uh, WLWC station in Providence, Rhode Island. Any thoughts on the... Uh, well, yeah, I'm not sure what to add, really. I mean, it's good that they're in new markets, obviously, just uh, expanding the um, sort of fan base, and I hope they're just getting more stations in, you know, more countries as well. And that is a uh, Ring of Honor World exclusive, exclusive right? Uh, um, I believe it is. I'm I don't on the think website so, now. no. Oh, is it not? I, I, it doesn't I, say on their website, I think. I think it was sent out via email, so... Uh, I think they tweeted it. So you may have heard it here first. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> What's the uh, next pit? Uh, next pit? Uh, next bit of news. And the final bit of news is that the tenth anniversary show is going to be an eye pay per view on Go Fight Live. It's kind of raised some controversy from fans saying it's going to be three eye pay per views in one month. Mm. But this, but this is going to be. Uh, I saw that it has the price of nine ninety nine, which is down from the usual fifteen dollars, which is going to help ease the. Uh, payload a little bit for fans who want to purchase all three shows, but uh, do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, it's there's, there's pros and cons to this. I mean, the good thing is, you know, it's another hour pay-per-view, um, and I'm sure it'll be fantastic, as most of them are. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'll definitely watch it, or, you know, we'll definitely have results on the site, but then the flip side is that, you know, they've already got two hour pay-per-views, at the end of March, they've got the two showdown and the Sun events. We don't know the price of those. Um, I think last Mania weekend was it twenty dollars for two. Yeah, I think they're doing that again. I think they're All doing right, twenty dollars so, for the yeah for two shows. And twenty dollars ten dollars for, for the tenth um, anniversary. So yeah, that's thirty dollars in total for the month. But then a lot of people are also going to be buying WrestleMania because. I know a lot of people won't because they hate WWE, but there's still a lot of people, including myself, who don't watch WWE that regularly, but will still, you know, purchase WrestleMania. So I think March is not the best month to have three pay-per-views to buy, and I don't, I'm not sure how they're going to try and build this um, on on the TV show. How they're going to explain, you know, the 10th anniversary and then build Showdown on the Sun after that with like the four-week gap they've got. I mean, we'll have to see how they go about building it. But, you know, Stephen, what do you think? As You know, as you said, it seems quite a weird decision to sort of decide it so late. I mean, I think I've said it before. I don't know if I said it on here, but I've said it, you know, to you two personally, that I just don't see why they didn't make the, the homecoming show in Philadelphia the, the 10th anniversary as well. I mean, it would have, in my opinion, it would have made sense to have a 10th anniversary where, you know, where the company began. I know they don't do that many Philadelphia shows anymore. But that had been such a big deal. The, you know, the fans would have been so up for that as well. And um, obviously, then you'd have had a couple of months sort of um, gap between the next pay per views. You know, the way they've done it, as you said, three pay per views in a month. You know, you have to praise them for sort of bringing down the price of the tenth anniversary. And you know, thirty dollars for three amazing pay per views is you know really good value when you have to pay what seventy five, eighty dollars for WWE. But <laughs> as you say, you know, people are still going to buy WrestleMania, and you know. You know, over a hundred dollars a month for you know for wrestling is is going to be steep for some people. So, um, I, as you say as well, the build up. I mean, it's they haven't really given themselves much time because obviously they've, they've taped the Baltimore um, tapings and that's going to keep them going for the next four or five weeks. And then mm. they're not going to have you know very long to sort of um, hype up the sh- the uh, tenth anniversary pay per view. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be another sort of death before the sun and where they sort of don't really mention it and it's just like, oh, you can watch the next pay per view here, but we're not going to really build it up because, you know, the amount of time they spent building up Final Battle was, you mm. know, it was incredible. But then again, they sort of ignored a lot of the build up for that anyway. So, <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's 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 a weird one. I mean, I'm kind of glad because, you know, the more Ring Runner I can watch, the better in my opinion. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a strange decision, but I suppose they'll only find out how strange it was after they see how many sort of buys they get. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel that 10th anniversary show is a show that needs to be on iPay-Per-View. It's something, it's like a special moment in the company's history. Mm. And I, I just think it needs to be shared, you know, with as many people as possible when it happens. And the only way to do that is through iPay-Per-View. So I, I, I think it's weird they took someone to announce it, like you said. But I think it's something that needed to be announced. And I'm happy it was. Yeah, definitely. I think I said to you, Harry, that... I, I, I just can't see any reason why the 10th anniversary show can't be 
on iPay per view. It has yeah, to be. Yeah, we were saying that before it was announced. But I suppose they were just thinking it's too close to Showdown in the Sun. And mm. I suppose it is. And as I said, I just don't understand why they didn't, just didn't make the Philly event later this month, why they didn't just make that the 10th anniversary. I don't, maybe they thought that with it, they, you know, it was going to be the first event in Philadelphia for a, a couple of years that maybe they weren't going to you know sort of draw that that many people and it was going to look bad on our pay-per-view but i mean i, I just don't i don't know what the thinking behind it was but i'm sure yeah. there's some reason business reason behind it but another yeah. thing is like on the past ever since final battle um on the tv show they've already started promoting Sheldon and the sun they'll have interviews yeah. with wrestlers and kevin kelly you know just vignettes uh backstage where they're already talking about showdown in the sun you know at the next TV tapings, are they going to have to swap this around and start promoting 10th anniversary and then try and swap it back afterwards? I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it. Unless they build, build um, 10th, 10th anniversary as a special like sort of tribute show to like um, looking back at you know the great moments over the years or something. I mean, I don't know. We'll just have to see what they do, really. Yeah, maybe they'll, they'll like, focus that show on... Maybe they'll bring in quite a few sort of outside wrestlers, maybe wrestlers that have wrestled in RH in the past, and as you say, make it sort of like a special show rather than it tying in with the TV sort of, show. Yeah, the TV show and the story. Well, well as you said, life. you know, Final Battle didn't tie in with the TV show that well anyway. But no, it didn't. Really. <laughs> also, I don't know if you've seen it, uh, Newsman John, but there's been another bit of news quickly announced uh, in our Skype chat. There, can you uh, can you see that? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> and now just signed for the uh, homecoming 2012, a special four-corner survival match pitting the undefeated Tommaso Ciampa versus Grizzly Redwood versus Mike Bennett versus Andy Ridge. Now, is it me? Have we already seen that two times? Or is it just that this, they keep putting people like Ciampa and, and Bennett in four-corner survival matches? Is it just... I think they do, because with yeah. the four-corner survival, it's an easy way to let Ciampa not win a match but not lose. Mm. And I've, I've, I think it's pretty sure you know Bennett will win that match, and Champa you'll probably Bennett will probably pin Grizzly Redwood, and then Champa won't actually lose the match, so he'll still be undefeated, and Bennett will get a win under his belt. I mean, it's quite you know quite a simple match really to put together, and <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm sh- as you say, we, we've seen them sort of matches hundred times before, but I, I I used to really enjoy some of the four corners of ours they used to put together, but they seem I mean they haven't really done them that regularly since sort of Delirious took over as Booker. So maybe he's just not a fan of them or is, you know, Matt, well, I don't know. It seemed like they took like some mid-carters who didn't really have much to do on the show and just threw them all together in these four-corner survival matches. But yeah. now it's like the lower card guys just thrown in. They just seem to, like they have someone like Bennett who needs a win, but they, they don't, can't really decide who to face off against. So they just stuck him in with, you know, a couple of jobbers and a guy that... <laughs> doesn't want to lose basically i mean it's just it's a <laughs> great way of putting it there steve i know that's a really pessimistic way of looking at it but it, that's just what he looks like in my opinion is that uh, the last bit of news for the the past week that is well uh, as usual you can always find this news uh, over the week at uh, com. we've got a great news editor there landon who uh, i think we'll have to get him on the podcast one time uh, thank him for all his help with the news and whatnot uh, we're now going to move on to uh, listener topics. And uh, as usual, Stephen has all of the uh, questions you sent in on Twitter and Facebook and the forum. Well, I do. Um, this first one is sent in by Facebook from Scott. He says, um, who do you want back for a night for RH's 10th anniversary? So I guess if they do sort of go towards the it just been like a special event to sort of honour the, the past of the company. I mean, what sort of guys from the past, maybe that haven't been in RH for a while, who, who would you want to bring in? Well, I suppose we can't have guys that are in WWE or, or TNA, can we? Well, I, I guess not, no. Especially, well, yeah, especially with it being a pay-per-view. Yeah, because right? exactly, be I know um, when the books were in um, TNA, they still appeared at a couple of Ring of Honor shows, but in dark matches. Yeah, I, was it Best in the World where they fought um, that was it, Super yeah. Shock and it was like a DVD exclusive? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so okay, we can probably you know count out any TNA or WWE guys now with it being in pay-per-view. So I suppose guys that aren't signed anywhere, the yeah, one that always comes to mind is... Sorry? 
That really cuts it down a lot, if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, the one that comes to my mind instantly is Low-Key. I think we've talked about him quite a lot on the podcast when we get these sort of questions. Yeah, low, I think uh, Low-Key. Um, I think Kenny Omega, I've, I've um, sort of mentioned him quite a few times. Um, I think he's wrestling in Japan at the moment, so I think he'd be quite a decent choice. Um, I know when you Ricky think about Reyes, it, it's really hard, um, because like most of the, the big guys have all gone on to be yeah. successful with their companies. I know Ricky Ray has featured at the Baltimore taping, so I don't know if they're going to bring him back for that one, maybe. Um, although I heard a lot of people in the crowd didn't actually remember who he was, so maybe that's not the oh, best sort of reaction. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look at like Rocky Romero, maybe. Um, even someone like Necro Butcher, should have. No, please no. <laughs> um, Jimmy Rave again, maybe. Um, uh. I mean, I'm sure if I went back and looked at like a list of guys, I mean, I'm sure I could, we could come up with, you know, four, four or five or six names that that would be, you know. I mean, Chris Hero. I mean, if he's, you know, not signed with WWE yet, I think that'd be good. That'd be a good, a good show to have a send off if it was his last match. That'd be a good, uh, good place to do it. Or maybe even bringing somebody like the Amazing Red, or he's still in TNA, isn't he? Not that I know of. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I yeah, mean, those the, guys was, that just disappeared. Was was he at the first um, first Ring of Honor event? Yeah, he was, I believe. Yeah. Which was uh, speaking of that was recently reviewed. We've started a new uh, retro review sort of feature on the website. So every week we're gonna have a review of an old DVD. I think we're starting with the very first one and just uh, working our way forward. So tune into that every mm-hmm. Monday. And I suppose a couple of other guys you could use a lot. Maybe bringing a couple of guys from uh, Japan. Maybe. Uh, Morishima or someone like um, Goshiyazaki or Marafuji. Those are three guys that I think would really, really be good, but I'm not sure whether they'd be available or anything like that. So yeah. I think it depends on who's available and if they'd actually add to the show. And Yeah, how much they cost is probably as well. Yeah, because I've, I've heard like Loki. Loki's apparently quite, quite expensive to get, isn't it? I mean, you, I suppose with, you know, in WWE Superstar and everything now, you can sort of demand quite a mm. decent amount. Yeah. Uh, the next one is also from Facebook. It's from Macklin. He says, I would like to know, how do you guys book Steen up till whenever he gets a title shot? Him and Kenny King is a good start at the uh, 20th of January Philly show. I'm surprised he still wants to send in questions and be a part of this after we have to uh, actually come on the show and put up with us for an hour and a half. I know. Sure. <laughs> See how professional we are behind the scenes. <laughs> um, how would... I don't really... I mean, I don't really know because there's so many ways they could go about it. I mean, any ideas off the top of your head, guys? The hardest part I got of trying to come up with something would be how to get him in the position to challenge for the title. Like, how would they logically make him, uh, like, make Cornette, you know, give him a title shot? Mm. Because it seems to me like they shouldn't even let him anywhere close to the title with everything he said, like holding Ring of Honor hostage when he gets the belt. Mm. It seems to me like... Cornette would want to keep him, you know, as far away from the top as possible. So the biggest hurdle to me is making it make logical sense about how he gets the title opportunity. Yeah. I think that's why it's just going to take a while for the actual match between him and David to take place. I mean, as John says, why would Cornette even think about giving him a title shot? I mean, he was that against him, you know, even him coming back. So I think um, Steen is just going to have to beat like everybody Cornette puts in front of him. And then eventually, I reckon he'll just... He'll probably just keep interfering in matches. He'll like some of the lower card matches. He'll just like come in and just beat everyone up, and then maybe he'll just like keep making the jabs at Davey, and maybe he'll interfere in a title match or something. And it will just get to the point where Cornette just has to give him a title match just to like keep him quiet, sort of thing. But um, obviously that that sort of thing is going to take quite a while. So that's why I I think that they're going to try and drag this match, you know, the eventual Steen and Davey match out for as long as possible. Mm. Um, the next one is from Twitter. It's from at Crimson Mask, who says, just read your creative direction article, good read. I think Cole would be a great heel, should have Edwards turn too. Um, if anyone hasn't seen that yet, um, it's my first one in quite a while, actually. I used to do this creative direction sort of series of articles quite regularly. It's just sort of my, sort of a fancy booker sort of article where I sort of um, look at a particular roster member, this um, one was actually Future Shock and 
I just sort of look at where they could go in the future and what I would do if I was at the booker sort of thing. Um, I sort of discussed that I, I can see Cole sort of turning on O'Reilly soon and I think a heel, Adam Cole, would be, be pretty uh, impressive, I think. But um, what do you two think? Would you like to see Adam Cole sort of break away from... from yeah, O'Reilly definitely, because um, I think, you know, we've discussed this before that... Um, I know you agree, Stephen. I don't know about you, John, but I feel that Adam Cole is probably the better of Future Shock. You know, uh, when you combine, you know, the the mic work and the uh, in ring, you know, he doesn't just do chops and things. And uh, I'm not really a fan of O'Reilly's style personally, but I think yeah, yeah. I think it would be great because it looks like they are, you know, sort of splitting up Future Shock, and it, and, you know, <laughs> it would give bring Adam Cole to the spotlight more because he has sort of been put away in the shadow, so to speak, while Kyle O'Reilly's been getting these, you know, matches against Edwards and Roderick on the TV show and teaming up with Davey on a regular mm-hmm. basis. And, I, mean, I don't know he, if you saw the, the, the video wire because um, both Cole and O'Reilly were interviewed and while O'Reilly was speaking... interviewer is strange. I think they need to get someone else, but go ahead, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, O'Reilly was just basically talking about his training with Richards and... Cole was looking like quite pissed off and looking at him and like thinking, oh. but like his like uh, face reaction was basically saying that, oh, you know, why I need to shut up. So mm. I can definitely they're, they're planting the seeds for sort of an an eventual sort of breakup, and I think they should really use that to sort of get Cole out on his own. And you know, he's he's he knows how to play the heel role. He's um, you know, done it for quite a while in CZW, and I know that um, before he actually came into ROH. Adam Adam Pierce, who was then Booker, had plans to bring him in as a heel. So um, yeah, I'd really like to see him sort of uh, break away from O'Reilly and sort of um, you know I think I think an O'Reilly and Cole feud would be pretty uh, entertaining to watch as well. I think them two could really mm. put on some great matches. So uh, I think yeah, I think that's quite a possibility in my opinion, just because um, the way they're sort of building it up, it looks like it's going to happen sooner or later. Yeah. Um, another one on Twitter is from TPG Scott who says, is it true RH will be on WLWC soon? And I think we went through that on the news that RH is going to be, uh, airing on that channel. Is that the one in Rhode Island? I think it is, isn't it? Yes. Um, soon. Can you remember when it, when it was? Uh, I don't remember ever seeing the date. Uh, let me know. Um, I've got it here. It's going to start Saturday, February the 4th. Um, and it's going to air on at 10 p.m. on Saturday, starting February the 4th. So, yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, and I think, oh no, we've got one more here. Um, this is from Twitter as well, from at Get Out of It. He says, um, oh, we sort of already talked about this. Do, do you see Tommaso Ciampa remaining undefeated in the Proving Ground? Um, oh, I think we've already answered that. We don't really need yeah, to uh, <laughs> repeat think, ourselves. I think, yeah, I think we've basically come to the conclusion that it looks like he will. And, might be the return of the dreaded time limit draw. Oh dear. Well, I, I think I think Champa's going to get the win. I think Nana's going to have some kind of shenanigans, or RDM is going to have some kind of shenanigans, and it's going to get Champa the win without making Lethal look too bad in the process. Mm. Um, I think that's it now. Um, okay, that wraps up the uh, list of topics for this week. Uh, thank you to everyone who sent those in. You can do this anytime during the week. Just uh, tweet us at RH underscore world. Go on our Facebook wall, facebook.com slash RH world. You can email us, contact at RH world.com or go on our, well, not new, but uh, go on our forum, RH world.com slash forum. Uh, if you aren't interested in hearing the spoilers from the Baltimore TV show, uh, I recommend you stop the podcast now. Uh, thank you for joining joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to tune in next week. Um, but for those who do want to stick around, we're now going to discuss all of the spoilers from the Baltimore TV taping. And here is the spoiler warning so you don't accidentally hear it. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. Okay, I'm just going to uh, run through the uh, results from the spoiler, from the Baltimore tapings. Um, if there's anything you want to discuss or perhaps something we should talk about in more detail, just stop me at any time because, you know, with a lot of these matches, there's not much we can um, comment on without actually seeing them, obviously. But the first match is Michael Elgin and Roderick Strong teaming once again defeated the Briscoes. Um, I'm just reading what happened here. After several interferences from Martini, uh, Jay went and got a chair. Oh, sorry, a baseball bat, and then got DQ'd for using. I'm it. not. I'm not sure about this one. When I read it, I was thinking, 
what? And my opinion is still what? I mean, but I, just, I just, it's one of these results that when you read it, it just sounds absolutely awful. But I mean, I'm not sure how it will look on TV, but apparently yeah. Truth Martini threw some sort of like um, powder in Jay's eye. So he thought, nah, stuff you and went and got a baseball bat and got himself DQ. I mean, I suppose it does put over Briscoe's as like these badasses who don't care, but it's still a little bit silly. I but... think, if anything, I think it probably shows that they're a bit weak. I mean, the fact that they have to get themselves DQ'd in a match. I mean, it wasn't even for like the tag titles or anything, was it? It was. It wasn't. No, it wasn't proven. It, I think it was like the like a wager match where whoever won got like everybody's um, sort of paychecks for the night because the Briscoes lost the um, eight-man match. They were t- t- uh, teaming with the House Truth in that mm. the longest match ever. That I think they got ten. Was it the winning team got ten thousand dollars or something like that? Um, so yeah, it just. I'm not sure how it's going to work, but yeah, on the face of it, I was just like, oh. Yeah, um, I've also noticed I've completely botched reading the spoilers because that was the... That uh, was the actual last match. That was the main event of the fourth show. Yes. So we'll, so, we'll uh, go in reverse order. We're gonna go, uh, we'll go back to the start now. So uh, that oh. was the main event of the fourth show. Fourth show. We'll now go back to the first show, which is where I should have started. Uh, the first <laughs> show be- began with Eddie Edwards defeating Mike Mondo. Hopefully, there's no promo by Mondo. Uh, apparently, I'm just saying that Mike Mondo is actually signed as a part, of, like a member of the roster, but that's not confirmed. I mean, I hope I think not. That it I was mean... some sort of article from, I think it was was it Prost and Torch back in like September saying he'd sign, but he's like the people that they do sign, a ring of honor announce it on the website, and mm. they actually appear on the roster page, and Mondo's ne- like neither. So hopefully not. I, I mean, he hasn't impressed. I don't, to be honest. I don't know why he's been on all these tapings because he hasn't impressed me yet. And, you know, there's, there's better Actually, guys. Actually, I completely that... lied. If you go on the roster page, Mike Mondo's there. <laughs> oh, okay. So it looks like Mike Mondo is on the roster. Um, I'm not a fan of him, obviously. I think his promo is absolutely dreadful. Um, and <laughs> in the ring... I think he's giving too much credit on the absolutely dreadful. <laughs> I think in the ring, he's not too bad. I mean, I mean he hasn't impressed me not, yet. I he's mean... not the sort of guy that you're going to build up and give him a title, but he's... I think he's okay. I mean, he he's okay for putting like some of the other guys over. He's not terrible in the ring, you know. He's got a good he's got a good look, and I I, th- I think you know he's as long as they just use him for someone to put people over, then I think that's fine. But you know, I don't want to see him be, become the next Mike Bennett and sort of you know become like that. Mm. And talking uh, about the roster page, I understand, I can also see that they've changed Mike Bennett's picture to something that doesn't make him <laughs> look like some sort of idiot yes I'm very glad they've updated it because they had a very strange photograph which uh, I never yeah it just looked like he's some sort of ugly brother or something originally but I'm glad they've changed it now Uh, anyway the next match was that Roderick Strong defeated Ricky Reyes Uh, he won with a roll up and grabbing a handful of tights typical uh, heel behaviour there anything to comment on that you know Ricky Reyes facing uh, Roderick Strong no, I mean, I, I think we mentioned that sort of Ricky Reyes making his return for quite some time, but apparently a lot of the crowd didn't even realise who he was, so that's not great. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it was a decent match, and uh, obviously, yeah, strong sort of using the uh, typical heel, grabbing the tights to get the win, so um, yeah, just under the match to sort of build strong, get, get strong more heat, really. Mm. Uh, the next match for the well, this is the main event of the first show is uh, Matt Jackson Jackson, uh, Jackson. With, <laughs> with Nick Jackson at ringside defeated Kenny King with Reptiles who is still injured. Uh, anything to? I mean, it's good that they're going to continue this feud. I'm not sure you know how they can keep continuing it. You know with Rep being injured, especially when they tape so many shows in advance. Um, anything to comment here? I mean, the, Matt's Matt stole the win when he hit. Um, King with the Titus's crutch, um, so another sort of two cheap victories in one, really, but uh, to one show, but nothing to share. Um, no, I mean I think this sort of feud is going to continue when Titus eventually comes back. But um, uh, as you you know, similar to Rock Strong, really, he's just getting the young books a bit more around um, heel heat, really, and uh, they need to. They haven't featured much on the TV show, so they might need to sort of get them over a little bit. They haven't had that yeah. many appearances or much of a sort of important feud or anything really so mm. the second show uh, Tommaso Ciampa defeated TJ Perkins 
So the undefeated streak continues. Uh, Michael Elgin defeated Grizzly Redwood. That should be fun to watch. I suppose I like, it'd be good yeah. to see him destroy him, basically. But uh, I like what happened. Like, I don't know if you read, but before the match, it was going to be Devon Storm, who I believe also featured in a um, dark match as well. Uh, for people who don't know who he is, he used to be Crowbar in WCW. So if anyone old school WCW fans out there, he was Crowbar. Although you might want to forget that because Crowbar was awful. But anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it was going to be Devon Storm against Grizzly Redwood, but um, Truth Martini and Elgin came out before the match and offered Storm five hundred dollars to basically get out of the way or get beaten up by Elgin. So we sort of took the five hundred dollars left and <laughs> left Elgin to decimate Grizzly Redwood. Uh, yeah, definitely should be fun to watch. Um, in the main event, Davy Richards and Kyle O'Reilly, now known as Team Ambition, defeated Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander. Um, after they won the match, Richards got on the mic and then, you know, he put over C&C. So, you know, as usual, they've got so much heart. They took me to the limit promo. Um, <laughs> he then said that him and O'Reilly were team ambition. So is Kyle O'Reilly the first person in the history to be part of two tag teams at one time? <laughs> I mean, team ambition, that is, I'm, I'm sorry, that's a dreadful name. They should have that's, just been team Richards. I mean, what's wrong with that? I don't know. I like team ambition better than team Richards, but... I don't like either at all. So <laughs> the, the only thing I can hope from this whole MMA team ambition crap is that they eventually just all of them turn heel and just say it's been like a big work just to piss everyone off. I doubt that. I don't or, think it's going to happen. You can, you can hope, you can dream, but no. That's not, that's the only thing I can think of to save that. I mean, I just, I just don't. We'll have to see it. what happens. We'll have to see what happens. But. It's, it's, is Tony Kazina part of Team Ambition, or is he just in Team Richards? No, he's not Team there? Richards. The three of them are Team Richards, but two on their own, Team Ambition. So O'Reilly's really in three teams, in Team Richards, Team Ambition, and Team Future Shock. Yes. <laughs> Where's Dan Seven? Is he in, is he in the team? Or... Oh, no, Eddie no. Edwards? Team Edwards? Team, team Edwards, isn't he? Is Adam Cole in Team Edwards? He's brought a ball in Team wait Edwards? Wait and see, wait and see. Uh... I don't know. It's just, it's just too many teams. I don't understand any of it. Uh, after... What happened to wrestling? Eddie Edwards came out and applauded the victors. This is what it says here. I'm hoping this is some sort of sarcastic thing. I mean, yeah, I think it is. Applaud them because they had all that build where he turned his back on Davy and whatnot. But I mean, but why, bit, why? Why are they building up to another match? Why not just leave it? Eddie Edwards. They could be building it to Eddie and uh, O'Reilly though. We've already seen that on the TV show though. I mean. I'm sure we've seen it twice, haven't we? Cause yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah, we've seen it in the. They had a tag team match, didn't they? Um, where I think mean, I can't remember where it was, but it was and the Wolves against Future Shock, and Edwards wouldn't leave, like wouldn't release an ankle lock on O'Reilly, and Richards got really whiny about it. Um, As he usually does. Yeah, but um, uh, I think it's it's like the Dan Seven bit, like storyline. It's it sounds awful, but uh, hopefully they'll it'll come out better when we actually see it. But I'm not holding that much hope. But I did just think of a way to answer one of the user questions earlier, how to build up Kevin Steen into the uh, uh, world title match. I don't think it's going to make ahead. any sense. I don't think it's make any sense, but since I doubt anybody's going to want to hear the spoilers, they won't have to listen to this bit either. So, all right, have like you said, have team... Are they still Team Richards? Or, team Richards still, right? I, th- I think just O'Reilly and Richards, their little tag team is Team Ambition. Well, let's have... Let's, let's have Davy and his merry men to have them turn heel, heel, have them saying that uh, you know, MMA is better than wrestling or whatever. You know, say this is the future of Ring of Honor is MMA and whatever, and have you know have Cornette you know have a you know freak out about it, saying no, this is professional wrestling, yada yada yada, and then you know have Richards be claiming to take you know make it like a MMA type belt, and have you know Cornette slowly coming to realization that the only person who could save the company from Davy Richards would be Kevin Steen. That could be okay. That could work. But uh, but then he re- but then Kevin Steen wouldn't be saving the company at all, which I just realized after saying all that. <laughs> uh, with, with some tweaking, some of the, some of those components could work. But uh, moving on anyway to the uh, third show, which has two title matches. Are we sure this is split up correctly? But uh, the uh, the first I match. I don't know if they're going to actually use them in this sort of order that's this oh, okay. is what i was told but i think this is what they announced but i suppose they could always mix and match when they're okay. like when they're 
editing it or whatever. So possibly ignore every time I've said this is the third show or second <laughs> show. Well, you started off with the main event of the fourth show, so these yeah. are the matches. We it's don't know what the... shows are going to be on. We just we don't even know if they're going to air. This okay. is just happen. Jay Lethal defeated Mike Bennett with the TV title on the line, who had uh, Brutal Bob and Maria at ringside. I don't understand this, to be honest. Go ahead, Stephen. Explain. <laughs> I just don't understand why Bennett didn't win at final battle. I mean, <laughs> I think that would have just really put Bennett over. I mean, Bennett just kept saying like it's going to be the year of the prodigy, and I think him just winning a final battle would have really sort of helped him. You know, he could have said like I've done what I said I was going to do, and just be really cocky about it. And this is what his second title match in a couple of months, and. You know, he's lost again, and the ending just sounds really goofy as well. I just Roll up victory for Lethal. Yeah, after... I think, was it Bennett was covering him? Was it Maria? M- Maria caused a distraction, and then Lethal used it to his advantage and uh, rolled yeah. up Bennett. I just... It's just making Bennett look a bit stupid, and... I mean, how many... This is a lot of failed title shots on the TV show for yeah, Bennett. Yeah, when, when he eventually wins it... It's I, mean, I don't think he will anymore. I mean... Where can he go from here? It looks like Lethal's moving on to feud with Champa. You know, I think Bennett with the TV title scene is done for now, personally. But the only thing yeah, is Bennett can say, like, Bennett can just like, claim it was just like a, a dodgy finish and it wasn't like a clean <laughs> finish. Can't do that. They already did that with the time limit draw and the referee where he changed the referee for final battle. I know, but I just... Who else is going to win the TV title? Because I can't see... I, no, I can't see Champa winning it yet. And... Oh, maybe Lethal will have it for a lot longer than we're, you know, giving him credit for, perhaps. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, Kevin Steen then cut a promo promising he will win the ROH World title. Uh, Jim Cornette, with a bunch of ROH officials, interrupted him. Cornette banned the package power driver, and Steen then said it um, it won't affect him at all, and that when he's champion, there's nothing he can do. So I'm sure that segment will be fantastic, Cornette and Steen in the same ring at the same time. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, we then had a tag team title match. The Briscoes defeated Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team. Uh, Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team came out. They doing a promo. They demanded a rematch from Final Battle. Cornette said, no, we've got no time. But um, Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team said they're going to hold the show hostage until they get a rematch, which makes no sense if they've got no time left. <laughs> um, but the Briscoes agreed anyway. And uh... Oh, sorry. Okay. I'm just, I was just reading what happens there. The match was picking <laughs> up some speed, but uh, Haas kicked Jay Briscoe into a steel chair held by Benjamin. Uh, wrestling's great tag team, you know, blatantly have turned heel clearly here. Uh, the match ended by DQ, which is another DQ tag team. I suppose they won't be the same TV show, but anyway. Um, Cornette dished out fines to both of them. You know, Cornette loves his fines on the TV show. Um, I think, personally, I think Steven said this, they should just drop the fines, because everyone knows they don't really get fined, so... I don't know. Uh, Benjamin, Benjamin then responded by saying it was worth it. He's got loads of money. So, good, uh, <laughs> good heel promo there. We then get to the fourth show, which is the main event I've already discussed. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Edwards defeated Kyle O'Reilly. So, isn't this the third time now that's happened? I think it's the third time. I think they've, I think they've faced off in a singles match twice. Okay. I think this is their third sort of match, including the tag team match as well. After the match, Edwards invited Adam Cole to form a tag team with him and challenged Team Ambition to a match. So it looks like Future Shock have sort of been split up here, and you know one's gone with Davey, one's gone with Eddie. What are your thoughts on that? I'm not really sure. (laughs) We'll have to see what happens. I mean, yeah, perhaps I I would prefer not to have two like factions like this going at each other. I'd prefer just to have Eddie on his own, maybe as a heel, and. Adam Cole on his own as a heel, just not. Uh, I, I guess having Cole get associated with Edwards would really help his stock in the company, but I'd like to see him try a singles one, like you know the Creative Direction article said. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see what he can do as a single wrestler. Yeah. Another thing, I think there should be some sort of restraining order put on Eddie and Davy so that they can't be in the same ring or segment for all <laughs> of next year, just to keep. You know, I do not want to see. There too. Sorry. And throw Roderick Strong in there, too. Yeah, they should all be restrained from each other for the whole of the year and see what Ring of Honor can come up with. Uh, Mike Mondo fought Matt Tavern to a draw. Um, I believe Kevin Steen ran out, stormed the ring, and laid out both men with their fives, which is his new finisher. I'm sure he's a fan of uh, Gunner from TNA. I think he tweeted something like that sarcastically. 
Um, Carino was at the timekeeper's table, but uh, officials made sure they were kept apart. So it looks like um, Carino and Steen are continuing their rivalry a bit. Yeah, I'm glad Carino sort of looks like Still he's going to stay. Yeah, because yeah, I know a lot of people were saying that he was done after Final Battle. And I believe he's... Is, is he going to be at the next show or the next... I'm, I'm sure Ringham are putting one of their... Um, I think he's at the next players. taping. Yeah, maybe. He's at the, the next taping or one of these shows. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think Karina's... Even if he's not going to wrestle, he's, he's such a great guy to have there just to... You know, even if he's just going to be sort of maybe doing commentary at some time, he's just such a charismatic guy. I think he's, you know, it's, there's no reason why he shouldn't be there, really. Yeah, definitely. I think it's good that they're keeping him around. And uh, I'm not too sure about continuing his rivalry with Steen, though. I think that was a good end to that final battle. But anyway... Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't right. think they'll be continuing here. I don't think they'll be having any more match. I think Steen... it's just sort of... Yeah, I think it's kind of bridging the gap to where, you know, eventually Steen's going to face off with Jimmy Jacobs. And I think the best way to do that is to have him kind of have a war of words a few times with Carino mm. until Jacobs does come back. I what's I mean? I just don't understand why they haven't used um, Jacobs more. I mean, no, they yeah, just, they just haven't. I mean, how many matches has he had since he came back? About two or three. Yeah, not so very many. At all. He's only had one on the TV show that I can think of when he lost to Champa like on the first. Oh, or yeah, he's had a yeah. couple of tag matches with Carino at live events. What maybe two or three at the most. Mm. He's. I mean, he's such a good guy. So, I mean, he's. Yeah, I, mean, I thought they, really, they really dropped the ball with Jacobs. I think he could be one of the better guys on the roster. One of the not maybe not top guys, but upper mid card, hard guys. Yeah. That can occasionally, you know, challenge for a title and be a credible TV champion, and you really have great feuds with a lot of the roster because he's so good in the ring and he's really good on the mic. He could really, you know, make anything, you know, seem good. You know, he had. He's had some weird storylines in his past, but he's made them all work just because of how good he is. And I think that they're really missing the boat with him, especially since he's come back and his run through 2011. And I hope they can capitalize on his talents in this 2012. Mm. They could just throw him in randomly with, you know, maybe even like him against Lethal. I think that'd be a pretty good match. And yeah, him against Bennett, him against uh, Champer again, maybe. I mean, there's just so many like matches that they could put him in with that. Uh, yes, you say. I think it's criminal that they haven't used him more since he came back because, um, you know, he's, everyone knows how good he is. He's already over with the fans with, you know, his past in the company. So why not just sort of use that to their advantage? I don't, I don't know. Well, uh, that wraps up uh, the TV tapings from Baltimore. So uh, we'll be sure to discuss those as well when they uh, do air on TV. I think it'll be uh, two weeks, I think, until they start airing footage from this event because they're going to show Northern yeah. Pressure next week. Uh, but uh, I think that brings an end to the podcast. Anything else you'd like to discuss before we uh, end the show? No, I don't think so. Okay, uh, thank you to, uh, for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to tune in next week and uh, leave any feedback or questions via all the methods I said earlier. I don't want to repeat them all again. Uh, <laughs> thank you to Stephen and John for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you all next week. What happened to my fat beat? <laughs>